Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I am Daryl Harrison. What you know, Virg? What's going on, my man? Oh, my <laughs> bro, I, I, you know what? I think our listeners are going to be shocked that you actually used my first name on the intro, man. I know, man. I don't know what. <laughs> they're going to be like, who is, who is Virgil? Who is? Who in the world is that? But see, that was to set you up for what came right after that. I see. got you. I got you. You didn't see that. You, you didn't see that coming. See. I didn't see that part coming. No, but I'm. But I'm. But I, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I should Let's never. See, you be know. Surprised. You know what? I'm gonna try next episode, man. I'm gonna try to yodel it. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy. The crazy part about that is, man, you got the voice for it, so I'm I sure it'll to, work out. Yeah, I'm try I'm to sure. yodel it, man. We'll, I'm we'll sure it work out. I'm sure. I, the, the the funny thing, I mean, you 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 dropped you dropped some 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 uh, some bass notes on on one of, one of the previous episodes, and folks was like, hey, he got he got a little tone to his voice, so we might you know, I got I a little I got a little range, you know, got a little range uh, in there, yeah, yeah. You know, most of my most of my immediate family, man, we had uh, we had that gift. We 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 all of us could sing, and I, I'm not saying sing to the degree that I'm ready to go into a studio or something like that. I'm not, t- right. I'm not talking about right, that. Right, right. We, we can hold a tune, you know. Yeah, my yeah, father, got some, my mother, got some vocals. Yeah, I got a, I, you know, I can throw a couple notes out there, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, Unfo- I, I, unfortunately, man, you got a partner who cannot carry a tune in a bucket, bro. I would not have, be able to help you, you have, help you, man. You have no bucket list. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I'm I'm hoping one of these days I get to heaven, I get that new body, that new, you know, and maybe maybe I get some pipes along with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? You know, that's that's the excitement. That's part of the excitement of, of waiting for that. Right. For that moment. That that because right. it's going to happen in a moment. Right. It's going right. to happen in a moment. Right. And right. Uh, wow. I think, you know, I thank God for creating us finite so that we have that to thirst after mm. we have amen. that amen we have that to to dream about we have mm. that to hope in right uh yeah. so you know thank god for for creating us finite so that we don't know uh fully what that's going to be like but amen. we have that promise from him that it's going to be absolutely amazing it's going to be indescribable uh i think maybe even when we get there it's still going to be indescribable right right you know so uh so yeah speaking speaking of indescribable you and i were chatting before we came on Mm -hmm. record and uh i was asking you you know what your uh work week was like uh right obviously this is a weekly broadcast normally when you and i finish each episode of the broadcast because we all have our own respective responsibilities and duties during the week. We don't necessarily mm-hmm. have a lot of contact during the week with right. one another uh, right. before we come together again to record another episode. But I was asking you before we came on what your work week is like uh, with everything, all the ministry mm. responsibilities and duties and deliverables that you have out there where you are in Omaha, Nebraska, can you mm-hmm. give uh, give our listeners man a little bit because I was like man, this this dude is the hardest working man in evangelicalism. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this guy is the James Brown of ecclesiology. <laughs> 
You are crazy, man. Now, yeah, you know what? Given this was a little bit of a highlight, man, of, just a, of, just of the highlight, what, sure. what Omaha does when he's not Omaha. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. Well, I, you know, as 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 you as you well know, as maybe some of our listeners know, I get the privilege of serving as a discipleship pastor, uh, pastor of adult discipleship at my church, and so um, most of that includes, you know, providing oversight for uh, the training, teaching, education, and equipping. Uh, of the saints for works of ministry. And so uh, I, I, I provide oversight for all of what we call our life groups. Some of them call them gospel communities. Some of them call them uh, community groups, you know, I mean, they, Sunday school. I mean, it's basically all the same thing uh, where, where a smaller body of believers are getting together and, uh, and, and learning from the scriptures. So <clears throat> I provide training for those folks. I provide oversight for curriculum. If they're using though that, that kind of thing, I'm meeting with them. I'm constantly checking on how they're doing, how their uh, how their groups are doing, what spiritual formation looks like for them, where where they take. I was I just left a, a meeting late with a with a guy who's uh, provides oversight for a, a small group, a small men's group of about 10, um, 10, 10 to twelve guys, and so just ask them, hey, how how are each one of them doing spiritually? Where are they where are they at? How are they growing? What challenges are you having? So we're con- constantly having those kinds of conversations uh, with people. In addition, I lead, uh, I teach three groups of my own during the course of the week. Uh, and so with regard to, with regard to those life groups, I'm responsible for about 93 of those kinds of groups over the, over the span of about three uh, uh, of, of our, of our campuses. We have a, have a major campus and then uh, two others that are, that are in, uh, in smaller areas of our city. And so um, I provide oversight for that. Uh, I, I've got uh, an assistant that helps me, uh, a lady who's responsible for providing some of the oversight for some of the women's ministry uh, pieces. She's a she's a director there, and she reports to me. But we that that's kind of what what I do, man. And it's it's constant, it's nonstop. I'm always in meetings trying to trying to gauge where folks are and how I can help and how I can provide assistance. In addition to trying to carve out time to study for the classes that I do because I teach a class on uh, Wednesday morning, a, a group of men uh, that I meet with on, on Wednesday morning uh, at 10. And then I've got, of course, a, an adult uh, discipleship group of about 40 people uh, at, at in the on Wednesday nights. It's all young adults, kind of college and career age young adults, a uh, group that gr- has grown from eight to about 40, 45, where we are now. Um, and then on Thursdays, uh, I teach another uh, men's group uh, Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. And then sometimes on Sunday mornings, if uh, if one of those, you know, 30, 40 teachers who teach on Sunday are out of pocket or out of place and they don't have a uh, backup, they'll call me or let me know a week ahead and say, hey, can you fill in? And I'll try to figure out either my I'll either insert myself or find someone that I've trained and coached uh, in and uh, to step in uh, to those roles and situations. So that's that's kind of what I do. That's that's the work part of it. And then right. personally, man, I, I'll share this with you. And, and I know you and, and many of our listeners understand. I see that as 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 part of as part of my role, uh, the function of the of the job that I that I that I operate in uh, at at my church. Um, but in addition to that, I really feel like there's a personal ministry side, like there's 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 what God has called me to do in in, in the advance of the kingdom. You know, one one is definitely kingdom work at the church. But there's also the stuff that I do personally. And so I really feel like outside of the four walls of the church where, where you get all the all the attaboys and, and, and amens and all of that, that I need to be in spaces and places where perhaps the, the gospel needs to be shared and preached. Yeah, and this so, is where your abortion clinic ministry and your work, absolutely. Your work there comes in, right? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Do you that in jail ministry you, as well. So 
you know, as I listen to you, Omaha, talk about uh, all the care, all the care work that you do around your uh, your life groups and your small groups and things of that nature. I just kind of flipped over here to Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 36. This is before uh, Paul and Barnabas have their big dust up over uh, Mark, brother Mark, and then they kind of go their separate ways over that. Mm -hmm. But in Acts 15, 36, Paul said to Barnabas, he says, the verse reads like this in, in the, uh, of course, I'm reading from the non-Arminian standard Bible verse. <laughs> Acts 15, 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. Mm. So they went back. Well, that was the plan. And <laughs> the very right. next verse, things kind of got a little bit discordant between uh, Paul and Barnabas. But mm -hmm. the the idea, right, was to go back. And Paul says here, Let's go back to every city, every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how the people are doing. Mm -hmm. Let's see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I liked how you put it with regard to spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? And then we'll dive into our, our topic. Just expand on uh, for our listeners, expand on what you mean by spiritual formation. Yeah, I really want to know. I mean, it's it's one thing to produce. And, and one of the one of the challenges that. Uh, that we had when I first started was we wanted to develop additional groups, right? Groups of people gathering around one another and, 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 and Bible study. And, and that's great. And I think it's great to start that. It's awesome to see, um, you know, folks that are uh, opening the word of God and, 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 and are, are, are evaluating God's word and what have you. But I also wanted to make sure that, that there was more happening that a people actually understood and knew uh, and had an acumen around uh, proper hermeneutics, proper exegesis of scripture. And so I want to know that that's happening. Um, and so I've got kind of a, a way that we go about that. We use David Helms work, uh, mm -hmm. use a kind of a coma method for that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, it's one of the ways to kind of standardize that process. But, I, but in addition to that, in addition to making sure that I had effective teachers, I also want to I want to know and touch base on where are how is their personal growth and development? Mm -hmm. Like what what does it look like for you? Not simply to teach a class, but how how are you growing? You know, what are you reading personally? How are you studying? And then I want to also know if you're responsible for providing oversight, what they're really doing. I mean, these these people are are, are lay people who are shepherding the body. And mm -hmm. so I want to be sure that they are able to identify where people are uh, in the process of, of spiritual growth, whether they're believers, non-believers, and, and what are they doing strategically to take people from either non-belief uh, into a, a saving knowledge of Christ, into a deeper walk with Christ, and that they have the tools mm -hmm. to do that, that they have the acumen to walk that out and, and an mm -hmm. understanding of where they are personally. So we spend a lot of time having conversations around that. So that's what I mean by spiritual formation. Yeah, I appreciate you expanding on that, Omaha. And as I listen to you there, I'm reminded of, uh, there's a quote that I tweeted out earlier today from Gerhardus Voss, V-O-S. Voss was... Um, a German uh, theologian, brilliant man, had a doctorate in Arabic studies, mm -hmm. uh, went to Princeton Theological Seminary. He, in his book, though, on biblical theology, Old and New Testaments, uh, Voss said this. He said, to be sure, mere knowledge is not equivalent to full-orbed faith. Amen. It must develop into trust before it is entitled to that name. Mm. So 
mere knowledge is not enough. Mere head knowledge, mere acumen, right? Yeah, mere ascent of the mere reading, if you will, the word of God is not enough to be called faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voss said it must develop into trust mm-hmm. in order to be entitled to that name, that, that yeah, name absolutely. being calling it faith. And I want to just touch on a couple texts here that I sort of footnoted with regard to that Voss quote. I want to go to John four and then to John six, because mm-hmm. again, with you expanding on what spiritual formation is and what that looks like. I was reminded of uh, two verses in the gospel of John. First of all, John four forty two, And this is right after uh, Jesus's discourse with the Samaritan woman at the well. And she, she's just so blown away by the exchange that she just experienced with Jesus that she ran into town. And this has probably got to be one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, because we don't hear this today, right? We don't hear uh, people's uh, testimonies, if you will, reflecting the humility, the transparency of this woman at the well, who it says that after Jesus uh, had spoken with her, she dropped her water pot, left it at the well, Mm. ran into town and told everyone, yes, listen, come see a man, mm-hmm. not who, not who healed me, not who, uh, you know, uh, restored my sight, restored my for- fortunes that I lost, uh, found me a new job. Uh, no, mm-hmm. none of that. She said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come see a man who told me about all my sins. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, who says right. that? Right. Who said who says that when we're introducing Jesus to anyone? Nobody. Now we'll say this. We'll say, well, you need to know Jesus because Jesus will forgive you this. Now we'll say that. Mm-hmm. But we won't introduce Jesus to people through the door of facing and confronting your sinfulness. Mm-hmm. We'll say it. We'll say it in general. We'll say, yeah, yeah, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We all need saving. We all, no one wants to go to hell. We'll make generalities like that. But I love what this woman said. I love how she put it. She said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. But with regard to the Voss quote, let me read that once again. It says, to be sure, mere knowledge is not equivalent to full orb faith. It must develop into trust before it is entitled to that name. So you must mm-hmm. trust Christ before you profess to say you have faith in him. But listen to John 442. John 442. This is this this is the crowd to whom the Samaritan woman ran to and exhorted them to come see this man named Jesus. John 442. And they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of the world. Yes. It's, it's, yes. it's beautiful. It is. No, no. Okay. We heard you. We heard you Samaritan woman, but no, it's, for, for all that your testimony, your, your, your words, your firsthand account was worth. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. But we've come to know for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We've come to know for ourselves. This is a beautiful text. John 4, 42, again, for those who are listening. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, but we have heard for ourselves and yeah. know. That Greek word, gnosko, 
means we we understand for ourselves. No, exactly. Yeah, based upon their own experience, right? Bingo. See, this is what you're talking about, yeah. Omaha, with respect to spiritual formation. You want to know that these folks, that these young people are understanding for themselves. Mm-hmm. For themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. For ourselves, that this one and only this one is indeed the savior of the world. Now, similarly, in John six, John chapter six, verse sixty nine. And for our listeners, this we're not even on the topic yet. This is all. No, 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 no. That's that's what I I I had something I was gonna say, and I thought, let me let me because I know we're not even we're not even on the subject matter yet. So let me let me let this brother go. I'm not gonna jump in just yet. But we're not uh, we're not even on the topic there yet. No. Well, but you know, you and I said before we even press record on this episode that we're just gonna freestyle this thing uh, on this one. So we're just gonna freestyle this. Listen to John, chapter six. Verse 69. Let's, let me start at verse 66. John 6, 66. Let me say this verse and get off of it real quick. Because uh, that's three sixes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> John 6, verse 66. Go ahead. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Mm-hmm. So Jesus said to the 12, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? go. You have words of eternal life. Now listen to verse 69 of John chapter 6. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now does does that not sound exactly like what we just read in John 4? Mm -hmm. The profession in John 4? It's the same. It's exactly almost word for word. Yeah. He says, we have believed and have come to know. And I always find it interesting when I study this uh, chapter in John 6 and these particular verses here. Simon Peter in verse 66, he didn't say, Lord, to where will we go? Mm -hmm. When Jesus sort of rhetorically asked him in verse 67. So Jesus said to the 12, you do not want to go away also, do you? Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him. He said, Lord, he didn't say, Lord, where shall we go? No, he didn't say that. He said, Lord, to whom mm-hmm. shall we go? To whom shall we go? Mm. Peter knew, Lord, there is no one else to go to who has the words of eternal life. No one. So there, there are just, I mean, I'm just blown away by just the two passages that we've read here in John 4 and John 6. That's enough right there to establish the exclusivity, the uniqueness of Jesus and his word, the gospel, as the only way to God. Absolutely, absolutely. To and to add to add to that, and and I'll I'll, I'll step back because I know we we've got another, some more ground to cover tonight. One of the things about that man that I try to do is I think it's very easy for us as quote unquote pastors, as, 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 you know, men who, who work on the inside of the church to get caught up in, if we're not careful, is that we are spending so much time trying to provide oversight and leadership for others that we miss our own personal spiritual formation, mm-hmm. uh, that, that we, that we neglect what it looks like for us to do exactly what you talked about, which is how, how are we experiencing Jesus for ourselves? Right. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm spending that much time telling others what they need to do to make sure they're growing and I should be doing exactly the same kind of right. thing 
which which right. is why I, I try to outside of work, you know, I try to I try to I want to be evangelical, not because it's my job, but because it, it it's it's my vocation. It's a part of my profession of faith, apart from anything that I do at the church, which is mm-hmm. why I'll go I'll go out on the street corner and share the message of the gospel. I'll share the message of the gospel with someone at, at a coffee shop. This past this past Sunday, bro, I had an amazing amazing time. I went and did some jail ministry and uh, got a chance to proclaim the truth of the gospel in jail to guys who are there. Oftentimes, and, and I, I know we've shared on this, on this, on this broadcast, uh, you know, my brother and, and the previous life that he kind of led and how it was a troubled and B, you know, the issues with sexuality and the like. And so oftentimes when I'm in that space, I, it, I'm often reminded of, of my brother, the, the life that he led and and I try to share the message of the gospel or or whatever opportunity you know whatever whatever the time allows. Uh, I try to share in such a way that as if I'm talking directly to him. And what we saw last night, man, was was that God God saw fit to call one unto Himself, man. And and uh, there was a brother who professed Christ last night. So it was just awesome, wow. awesome time. Those kinds of things, man. They 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 make they make your, your walk real. It, it's, it, it's alive. you you, you feel, you know, you, you, you're feeling the presence of, of the, of the Holy spirit and, 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 and you're watching him at work and to have an opportunity. And I've, I've used the example before of kind of putting your hand on the wheel of what God is doing and, and feeling kind of the ground roll up under you, man. It was, it was just an awesome experience. It blessed me. It refreshed me and, and made me more effective in the role that, that, that I have at the church. So just, just, just a, some additional thoughts around what you, what you share. Yeah. I really appreciate that uh, Omaha. And the reason I do appreciate that so much is that it's not the things that you did. I like better you explaining your motive for doing those things. Mm-hmm. This, this is, this is all, you know, toward our sanctification. Absolutely. Correct? Absolutely. Brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Bottom line, this is all about sanctification. This, is, this isn't about the works in and of themselves. No, not at all. Not at all. Right. It, 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 it's a, it's a reminder of my sinfulness. It's a reminder exactly. of my, of my need for the Lord. It's a reminder of my need for obedience. It's a, I mean, it's all of those things. And so the, all those things are, are help for me to, to, you know, as we're talking about spiritual formation, I, I've mm-hmm. got to be walking that out in my life. I've got to come home and love my wife well and mm-hmm. walk, mm-hmm. walk that out with my children. And I mean, mm-hmm. just all those pieces. I thought about that this week. Okay. I've done all of this stuff. How can I carve out time for my bride and I to, to have some time together? I mean, all of that is part and parcel of it. So anyway, that's, 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 like I said, we, we didn't plan that part. We just kind of winged it. That's extra. That's okay. No pay, pay that, extra that's what, that's what's so cool about the Just Thinking broadcast. You know, we can do our own thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, Omaha? This yeah, that's our, right. Listen, listen, let me just sound a little selfish here for a second. This is our medium. This yeah. is our platform. We can roll however we want. Amen. Amen. We can roll however we want. Yep, so, yep, and that's, yep. and that's, what, that's what we're doing in this episode. We already knew this was going to be sort of a freestyle episode. And uh, hopefully folks are being encouraged and edified by it. But again, you know, this is our platform, man. We're going to get to the topic. It's not going anywhere. It's already made the news. So it's not like we're making news. It's already made the news. So let's just take our time, man. We're going to roll through God's word. But what I like about what you just said, especially towards the end there, man, about how you have to go home, you have to love your wife well. Absolutely. You have to father your children well. Absolutely. You have to be a good example of those you work with as, as a person who does everything he does uh, well and for the Lord and giving your best effort to, to him. You know, I'm looking at First uh, John chapter 5, 
where John writes this in verses two and three. He says, by this, we know that we love the children of God. Excuse me, that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments and observe his commandments. In verse three, Mm -hmm. for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So essentially, that's what you're talking about. You just can't be getting out there doing the work and everything you have going on uh, at your church, your extra church activities Mm -hmm. at the uh, abortion clinics and things like that. It's not the works themselves. It's not the work because if you're conducting and performing those works out of a wrong motive, it's irrelevant. It's it's totally irrelevant. It's it's a clanging gong, right? Exactly. It's noise. Yeah. Yeah, It's noise. It's noise. Yeah. Uh, So what I love about first John five and the, and, uh, and verses two and three is that it clearly establishes what the love of God is. And, and we don't often enough as believers, we don't connect. See, God defines love first by obedience. Luke 6.46 says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? That's what Jesus says. And so, scripturally speaking, God defines love in terms of obedience. And that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. If I love Absolutely. God, I'm not just going to be doing all this stuff. Right. Let me come back home and love my wife. <laughs> you see, and, and, and what, I, what I like about, again, what you just said, Omaha, you're obligated to, and everything you just sort of enumerated, what you've got going on with at your church, with the small mm-hmm. groups, the life groups, and things like that. If you go home and you give your wife the leftovers, right? that's sin. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's sin. If you give your kids the leftovers right. of their father. Right. No, no. Uh-uh. That's sin. All right. So appreciate you indulging me there, Omaha. Oh, bro. Hope, thanks for asking, man. I hope, hope, I hope folks hope, are edified. And I think it's really cool for our listeners to kind of learn something about us and what we do. Uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they know that the episode is going to download every Wednesday, but it's kind of cool to, you know, to to let let the folks who have supported us all these months, coming up on our one year anniversary in December, uh, let them find out a little bit more about what we do between mm-hmm. these episode drops. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, right. I appreciate you indulging me there. So, the topic, I know the listeners probably say, finally, finally, right? <laughs> finally, gosh, man. Yep, yep, yep. Kanye West, Kanye again. <laughs> what what other what other podcast can you listen to where dude quotes gearhard voss right <laughs> and then go hood the right right breath. right right <laughs> you can't get that you can't get that man. man you can only get that on the just thinking podcast Kanye man. Yeezy, just thinking broadcast man that's right again kanye west now we our longtime listeners to the Just Thinking broadcast, they'll know that we've already broached this subject before. We've already done an episode on Kanye West and how he just pretty much exploded social media. You recall Omaha, right? That t- that tweet that he sent to uh, Ky- uh, Candace Owens. Yes, yes. Candace Owens is a uh, very sharp, very intelligent, very mm-hmm. articulate uh, black female. Republican. She's a conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's out there on the forefronts of the uh, political milieu. 
uh, mm-hmm. the sociocultural milieus in which we find ourselves today in, in this nation. But uh, I think it might have been a couple months ago, uh, Kanye West just happened to tweet out, and this is all he said, quote, I like the way Candace Owens thinks. Right. Period. Right. That's all he said. Next thing you know, man, it was social media Armageddon. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Yogi Berra said, it's deja vu all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Round two. Now, round yeah. two. Now yeah. we find ourselves back here again. It's like a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's like a sequel. The other day, so again, for our new listeners, we record these uh, episodes of the Just Thinking Broadcast uh, normally on Sunday evenings mm-hmm. at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. This particular episode we're doing on Monday evening mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, so get in, get in your minds. Today is Monday, October 15th. Mm-hmm. Last Thursday, Thursday of last week, I think it was Thursday, when uh, Kanye West visited the White House, sat down with, of all people, President Trump. Right. Who, in their right mind, would be a black person that would consent to meet with President Trump? Well, I'll tell you who. Kanye West. (laughs) Kanye West. Now, to give some perspective on this thing, we're going to go to the word here in a second. We're going to frame, we're going to do our best to frame this, um, man, this sort of cultural phenomenon Mm -hmm. within the paradigms of what the gospel says, which is what we always do, always do it on man. this part on this broadcast on this mm-hmm. episode on the adjusting and broadcast. So, some perspective here. I, I I did some numbers. I ran some numbers. Okay, getting ready for this recording now. You're a numbers I, guy, though, right? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much a numbers guy. I mean, yeah. I, I I I was in the banking and finance industry for almost 20 years. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna and just just for the record, we're gonna do an episode where we, where we flip the script on you. So just you know, <laughs> just, just don't don't think you're gonna get away with with just hooking me up and then me not turning the tables. On I mean, listen, I, I recognize you run things, and so you know, I'm 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 in my. I'm in, I'm in the co-pilot seat, so I get that. But we're going to flip the script on you at some point. <laughs> I will deserve that. Whatever it is, I'll probably deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so I read some numbers just to put this whole Kanye thing into some context here. So as of the end of 2017, the entire U.S. population was 326 million people mm-hmm. at the end of 2017. 326 million. Now, of that 326 million, the black population was 14% of that number. Mm. Okay. So 14% of 326 million, 45.64 million. Let's just go ahead and call it 45.6 million. We'll call it 46 million. We'll round it up. So out of 326 million, 46 million are black. Mm. Now, my question is this, why does what one black person say why does what one black person out of 46 million sort of set off a a a richter scale reaction on social media right twice now this has happened with Mm -hmm. this man one black man out Mm -hmm. of 46 million black people in this country Now, that tells me something that's very, very sad to say. That 
the ideopolitical tribalism, mm. the ideological political tribalism within that 46 million number is alive and well. Yeah. When you get one black person out of 46 million mm -hmm. who speaks his own mind, who of his own volition accepts an invitation to meet with the president of the United States, that 46 million people go off. Right. Now that's, that's really sad that 46 million black people who may look like him, but many of them don't think like him mm -hmm. that they seem to feel that they can take the high ground here and sort of, it's like Geppetto and Pinocchio control <laughs> this man's strings. Right. Right. You see, for, now, now, just think about that. To me, that just blows my mind. Yeah. If you put it, or you write it on a chalkboard, right as a ratio, 46 colon one. Mm -hmm. One person can make enough noise to upset a large population out of that 46 million. Mm -hmm. That they care what this man thinks so much so that they're trying, they're out there trying to, that not trying to, they are. They're disparaging this man. They're ridiculing him. They're ostracizing him. They're calling the man crazy. They, they're, yeah. they're saying he has mental issues mm -hmm. simply because he wears the red Make America Great hat. He mm -hmm. spent some time with Donald Trump. He dared to sit down in the same room with a man who many of that 46 million number deemed to be racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, sexist, homophobic, you you name it. But he dared to meet with this man, and social media just black social media just went off. Mm -hmm. I mean, cats are angry at this. Yeah, dude. white liberal social media did too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, you know, I I it, it just sort of reflecting on this from a distance. Because again, we've broached this issue before on the right. Just Thinking broadcast. We've dealt with this before, but right. I just thought it was really interesting to revisit it. We're going to revisit it in this episode, though, from a different perspective than we did the first time we uh, we tackled this. And I want to I want us to turn to uh, Genesis chapter one and look at uh, verse twenty seven. And want to try to couch this within sort of two uh, two paths, if you will, two mm -hmm. two different roads. Uh, that's going to lead us hopefully to the same place. The mm -hmm. first road I want to tackle this issue of the whole Kanye West dust up as a matter of the Imago Day. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Imago Day mm -hmm. is uh, the Latin phrase that we get from Genesis 127, which reads again from the non Arminian Standard Bible, <laughs> Genesis 127. I think I'm going to have to pull up some text of scripture so I can get some equal, <laughs> equal time. <laughs> Equal time for my elect standard version. I'm going to have to pull up some text here in a minute. <laughs> See, you know what? Now you sound like one of those liberals, uh, Omaha. I always want everything to be equal. <laughs> this, is my, this is my podcast, man. I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm sitting back. I'm sitting back. I'm, I'm giving you a shot. I'm giving you a thing. <laughs> 
It's Genesis all good. Genesis, <laughs> Genesis 127. <laughs> I get myself Genesis 127. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Mm-hmm. Genesis 127. I want to focus on Kanye West uh, through the filter or through the lens of Genesis 127 with respect specifically to that phrase that we see twice in uh, Genesis 127. We see the word image there twice, reflect, referring to God creating man in his image. Okay, and then and then it is reiterated in the same verse. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Now, what I want to talk about, Omaha, is what does that mean for us in practical terms? What does that mean for people like you, me? What does that mean for Kanye West in practical terms that God created us in his image? Now, let me start off by what I think that means, and then you can chime in, man, with anything Absolutely. you may want to add. But I think in practical terms, this idea of the Imago Dei, this principle that God created every single human being in his image, believer, unbeliever, you know, that, that you are not a Christian is, uh, um, is, 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 is not an issue with respect to the Imago Dei applying to you. Mm-hmm. Every human being bears God's image regardless of their theological worldview. That applies to everybody. Genesis 127 applies to everyone, every human being. Okay, so there is a sense in which the Imago Dei can be discussed um, in a more general sense with respect to the entire world, to, to the entire population of the planet, seven plus billion people. Um, around that number that exists on planet earth today. Every last one of them is created in the image of God mm-hmm. that bear his image. But what does that mean though? What is the significance of that? And I think one of uh, one answer to that question with regard to the significance in practical terms, we could talk about it in spiritual terms as well, but in practical terms, it means that every last one of those seven plus billion people is created unique, right? Unique. Right. Not only with their with regard to their appearance, but with their talents, their persona, mm-hmm. their their things that interest them versus things that don't interest them. Um, um, uh, the uh, the uh, the the gifts that God gives uh, each one of us. We're particular. We're different. You you might even say we're exclusive because there is no. Second, there's, there is no other person who is, 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 is exactly like you. If I could say that, there's no one else that is exactly like Virgil Walker. Mm-hmm. There's no one on this planet that is exactly like Daryl Harrison. Mm-hmm. Yet here we are, some of us, trying to make Kanye West think like us. We're trying to rob him of the uniqueness that God has created him to possess. Right. Genesis 1.27b, he created him, male and female, he created them. Mm -hmm. There's an individualism, there's an individuality Mm -hmm. to our having been created by God in his image. And when you disparage one of God's image bearers for bearing 
uniquely God's image, that's a sin. Mm -hmm. That's a sin. So disagree with the man, fine. But to try to reshape his image, to remold his God-ordained image and how that image is represented, Mm -hmm. that's a sin. Right. God has created him uniquely. He doesn't have to think the way I think. Right. He doesn't have to act the way I act. Uh, Let me give you an an example. Uh, You know, I have a real heart. I think it it blesses my soul when I come across people who just have a natural uh, gift of making other people laugh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm really impressed by that because I'm not necessarily a humorous guy. My humor is really salty. I can be really sarcastic and really facetious when I have to be. Right. So my, 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 my sense of humor is kind of like, it's kind of, can be kind of sharp, but for people who are just flat out funny, Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. That that really that really impresses me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's just an example of how somebody who's funny, God has wired them to bear His image in that way. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line here is this: every single one of us who populate this planet was created by God by His sovereign will his providential will he allowed us to be conceived and born into this world to bear his image in unique particular different ways mm. and there is nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. but you got a huge segment of this 46 million number of the black population in this country who are trying to declare this man crazy Mm-hmm. Simply for thinking for himself. Right, right. Which is what God created every last one of us to do. Right. Anything you want to add on that, Omar? I'd, I'd say as, a, as an image bearer, I think the, o- the, only, the only sameness as it relates to being an image bearer is that we have the same value, dignity, and worth. Uh, exactly. That's the only sameness about being an image bearer of God that we all hold. We all hold the same value, the same dignity, the same worth. Apart from that, it also speaks to what you've been talking about, which is the the, the vast array of diversity that is represented in God is reflected in creation through those of us who are indeed as image bearers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think, again, uh, there is something to be said here about, again, not just the vitriol Mm -hmm. that's being spewed towards this man. Even if you don't agree with him, Mm -hmm. as you just made the great point, Omaha, you you are equal with this man with respect to the worth and value Mm -hmm. that he possesses, which is the same worth and value you possess as a creation of God and an image bearer of his. Absolutely. So regardless of where he stands politically, ideologically, philosophically, that is totally irrelevant as it relates to the scriptures. Totally irrelevant. This man, Kanye West, is a is a, a an equal bearer with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. of God's image. Absolutely. 
Therefore, you have no excuse whatsoever to disparage or demean this man because by doing that, you're basically disparaging and demeaning God for creating him the way he did. Right. Okay. Now, right now, Omaha, let me just take a stab in the dark and I'm going to say that there are some characteristics, some attributes with regard to your wife's uh, bearing of God's image that is different from yours. Oh, amen. Right. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And I can just imagine you probably some things going through your head right now about how beautiful those differences absolutely have manifested themselves during the course of your marriage term. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now just imagine though, if it was just vanilla, it was just black and white, mm-hmm. no color, mm-hmm. no color whatsoever. Just imagine that. Mm-hmm. See, but this is the genius of God. You know, I'm just reminded of, uh, let me flip there real real quick at 1726 where we read and he that is God made from one man mm-hmm. every nation that's every ethnos every ethnicity of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation you know God is so I, I fail to even come up with the words God is just such a creative genius mm-hmm. that he did not make us all the same amen but we're treating Kanye West's individuality by virtue of God's uh, sovereign will and creating him the way he has as if it's sinful for him to think for himself. Right. As if that's just inherently wrong, as if his allegiance not, is, is, is not to his own individuality and in, in how he individually and uniquely bears God's image, but his loyalty is to the tribe of folks who look like him. Right. Now, that takes no mind whatsoever Mm-mm. to just follow the tribe, to be a sheep. That takes no mind. That, ha- that takes no mental acumen whatsoever. Right. You just do it on instinct. Mm-hmm. You, follow the, you follow the tribe. You follow the herd on instinct. But here this man is applying the intellect, the uniqueness, the personality that God gave him. The especially as an entrepreneur, a very wealthy man. Here he is applying independently, individually, the attributes, the characteristics, the persona, the personality that comprise how he represents uh, God's image in himself. Mm-hmm. Here they are. Here, here you have people mocking. And making fun of this man for doing just that. Right. What what's so what's so interesting about all of this to me is as I as I watch it unfold is is how how it's coming out. Like it it's not just, hey, we disagree and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um and which which is it's not difficult to do. Kanye is a walking contradiction, right? I mean, it would be it would be easy for you to say, here's here's what he said and here's why. I disagree. I mean, the, the the kind of vitriol, the kind of language that's used to demean him, to diminish him as a human being, to to invalidate his position, not based upon it, its its lack of strength. Right. It's not. Uh, it's not a merits or demerits thing. It's not no, a of the no, ideas no. at all. 
No, he can't. He he's now no longer black, or he's a right. token token Negro, or yeah. he's a Uncle Tom, or he's mm-hmm. a. I mean, then and and again, some of the some of these folks, you know, uh, that that Kanye's and and others are kind of are kind of uh, new kids on the block. Like you 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 and I are, are a little bit older than than the Kanye's of the world. I'm I'm thinking, and and we we've been at the we've been at this conservatism for a long time. Yeah. And so we've been, we've been, we've been, you know, we've dealt with these, the name calling and the, you know, you're not black and whether, whether it's where we stand sociopolitically or whether it's where we stand theologically or whether it's where you stand from a standpoint of education or even how you present yourself uh, in the culture. Uh, I, I remember uh, the, the podcast uh, that we did a while back where you, where you, where you made the claim, but you, this was before the podcast, you put you you posted on your web page on your Facebook page that that you weren't a fan of soul food, right? And and you thought the whole world was about yeah. to fall apart. Yeah, it you was know? a it was a it was a Kanye West esque response. <laughs> right, yeah, right, I mean, right, you know, right. The, the, rea- the reaction was so, I don't know. It was like ground zero of a nuclear bomb had hit. Right. Right, that a, that a black man had the nerve, right, to confess that he doesn't like soul food, right, and that wasn't even the point of the post, right. That was right. one bullet point amongst several, right, bullet points that I wrote, that I included in that little comment that I wrote on my Facebook post. And for those of you who are new to the Just Thinking broadcast, go out to uh, either subscribe to the podcast number one, or you can go online at thebarpodcast.com slash JT, mm-hmm. thebarpodcast.com slash JT, and then look for the episode, A Biblical Theology of Soul Food. Oh, that was that was such a such a great uh, podcast where we walked through. And and I, I want to encourage folks to go back and listen to that one because I, I think we, we, we covered a lot of ground similar to where we are now, but just from a different angle uh, about the tribalism yep. that, that is evident in, yep. in the culture, especially among, yep. among quote unquote black culture and, and what we, what we require of one another. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. By I mean, virtue, the, by virtue of our skin color, what absolutely. we require of one another simply by virtue of sharing a sim- a similar hue of melanin, right, it's, right, it's, it's unbelievable. And you it made is. a great point earlier, Omaha, that the the uh, uh, the the bullets, if you will, that 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 Kanye West metaphorically is taking, mm-hmm. they're not on the basis of the merits or demerits of his political ideology. Mm-hmm. They are being targeted at him on the virtue of his identity as a black person. Mm-hmm. as someone who shares an ethnicity with these other 46 million. And by virtue of sharing that ethnicity, you are beholden to think like the majority. Right. Which is what we mean by the tribe. Mm-hmm. How dare you break away from the tribe? Right, right. You are beholden to us because you're the same skin color as us. Right. Reminds me of uh, an article that I wrote on my blog, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with my blog, you can reach it at justthinking.me, justthinking.me. Matter of fact, this broadcast is an extension of the blog. Mm-hmm. And an article I wrote, Virgil, you may recall it, I titled it The Myth of Black Community. Mm-hmm. The Myth of Black Community. And that's why I'm so dogmatic. Don't use the term black community with me. 
Do not use that term with me. Do not use because it infers, it implies that we are one, that all black people have a oneness, a unity, an intrinsic or innate oneness in you or unity just by virtue of our skin color, of, right. of sharing the skin, same skin color. No, right. no. And that's what we're talking about here. This is what Genesis 127 is all about. This is why I say, do not use the term black community with me. I know plenty of black people that I have nothing in common with. Right. Nothing. Other than that esoteric attribute of skin color. Mm -hmm. And that's something that no one has anything to do with. I don't care what, what your ethnicity is. You had nothing to do with that. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you rule that out at the root of the term black community, common where, 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 where's right. the commonality come from I right. have nothing ideologically in common with you philosophically in common with you theologically in common with you so don't don't use that term with me mm -hmm. Just, don't lump me into some nebulous category simply on the basis of an attribute that no one has anything to do with Right. That's a that's a I think that's a great point. I mean, as we as we kind of begin to wind things up uh, for for our folks uh, on, on the on the urban uh, network, on the Urban Family Talk Network, uh, just the, the thought what, what you've just shared is, is paramount to to breaking uh, the, the, the tribalism, right, to, to breaking free, to having freedom of thought, uh, freedom of ideas. Uh, an ability for us to think on our own, but man, I, I I say it this way: it's it's a it's a call off of the plantation and into freedom. Yeah, it's not a, unfortunately, it's not enough to think for your own. Not only can you not think on your own, when you do, you have to be punished for it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, wanted to, wanted to. What else do you want to add to that, man? I don't yeah, want you know, to. You, 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 you mentioned some of the uh, some of the epithets, some of the pejoratives, right? That mm -hmm. uh, Kanye has been called, and you and I have been called. We, you and I have been called some of those same. Uh, labels. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been called Coon. I've been called Uncle Tom. I've mm -hmm. been called, you know, House Negro, all of them. You know, mm -hmm. I think my favorite, though, Omaha is probably Uncle Tom. Yeah. I think <laughs> my, that, that's my favorite. <laughs> and let me explain why. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say you got to explain I'm, that one. You I'm, gotta... I'm actually thinking about getting some license plates, you know, some custom license plates <laughs> for Uncle Tom. You and, are uh, best. Uh, because I'm I'm just like like I said, man, I can be kind of salty sometimes. So right, I'll, right. I'll go there. Yeah. I'll go there. Yeah. I will go there. My birthday's in February, and here in Georgia, you have to renew your license plates by your birthday. So I'm thinking, mm -hmm. okay, once February rolls around, I might just go see if I can can I get you know because some some vanity places what they call them vanity place some right, vanity right. place they don't they don't allow right. But man, can you imagine the looks I would get at stop yes. signs and red yes. lights? What Uncle Tom? Uncle Tom, what is that? What was that brother thinking? But that's my favorite one. That's my favorite pejorative is Uncle Tom because you're really gonna exp you're gonna explain I'm, why. I'm about to explain that right okay. now. Okay, Uncle Tom. <laughs> for this, this is special. I feel like a, I feel like a DJ on a on a on a radio station taking a dedication. Right. This one goes out to <laughs> <laughs> all the Uncle Tomers out there, right? Who in calling me Uncle Tom, think that they're calling me something negative. They're they've referring met, to me by something negative. They've obviously never read the. Read they've the not. Book. They've not. See, see here. See here's the explanation. Go ahead, please call me Uncle Tom. Please. Right. Right. That that you do me a great great honor by referring to me as Uncle Tom because I'm thinking, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of those folks who want to label me of an Uncle Tom have never read no Harriet Beecher Stowe's book Uncle Tom's Cabin. No. 
if if they can read. Right. <laughs> You're just going all the way out. We going we going all the way up. All the way up. Or down or down, depending <laughs> on how you <laughs> They've never read Harriet Beecher Stowe's book, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not illustrated, folks. Okay. So if you haven't read it, you, you might not enjoy it because it doesn't have pictures. But Uncle Tom's Cabin. The character Uncle Tom in that book is the hero of the book. Mm-hmm. The book has the gospel preached from cover to cover. Yeah. Slavery is just the the the, the modicum or, or the, the channel. Right. Well, now a lot of people credit that book for launching the Civil War, but you know, I'm not gonna go there. Right. But Tom is the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. He is sort of a Christ-like figure. Where at the end of the book, he sacrifices his own life mm-hmm. in being beaten to death by his master because he refused to tell his master what these other slaves had run off to. So to save their lives, Tom gave his own. So when you call me or any other black person who doesn't agree with you and Uncle Tom, you're actually doing us a favor. Now, I encourage you to go read the book for yourself. Harriet Beecher Stowe, S-T-O-W-E, Uncle Tom's Cabin. And if you choose, just flip back to the last chapter. Right. And you will find out who this Uncle Tom really was. Really was. Harriet Beecher Stowe was a Christian. She loathed slavery. Mm-hmm. She hated it. Mm-hmm. She hated it. So it was, it's, but the book is one of the most realistic depictions of what slavery in the South was like. But Tom was no step and fetch it. Okay. Right. He wasn't. Right. He was a Christ like figure who, while he was being beaten to death, when you read the book, he's preaching the gospel to the very slave master who's whipping on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's telling him, Tom is telling him as he's dying, he's telling his slave master, literally in the midst of being beaten to death, he's telling him about Jesus and how you need to believe in Jesus and repent of your sins. Tom is telling him, I forgive you for what you're doing to me. No, no, Similar to what Jesus said on the cross. Wow. Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go out and read the book. Read Uncle Tom's Cabin the next time you sort of feel the urge to, to refer to any other black person who doesn't see things as you do, politically, ideologically, philosophically, or whatever. Before and, and you refer to that person as Uncle Tom, go out and get the book and read it for yourself. The crazy part of that is that's not – trying trying the label, I mean, using using – you know uh, uh that kind of that kind of language uh for for the purpose of of addressing an an argument is just dumb that, that doesn't that doesn't even work <laughs> i mean it it doesn't it's even it, yeah it, it it's really it's really it's really silly i mean it's it, it, it's your basic it's it's your basic of the basic logical fallacies you know you i know, mean that that point you just made omaha just reminds me of the scene in the movie ben hur 
uh, I'm a huge movie fan, but the scene Ben Hur, where the uh, young uh, centurion comes into town with his armies, he comes into Jerusalem with his armies. He's ready to take over from a, from from an older uh, commander that he's relieving, and uh, uh, he's he, you know he's got these visions of of uh, coming in as Mister Tough Guy and everything. So he's heard about the the Jews rebelling against the Roman Empire. So he wants to crush the rebellion using force, and uh, uh, the older commanders telling some said, listen, you know, there's there, there, there's something different about these people. You know, there's word of this Messiah coming this day and they have this idea that he's just going to uh, transform the whole world. And uh, so the, the uh, uh, older commander is listening to the younger guy tell him how he's going to just, uh, you know, round up all these uh, 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 rebels and imprison them or have them crucified. But the old man said something wise. He said, uh, yeah, you know, you can uh, you can fight. You can put people in jail. You can kill them. But he says, but how do you fight an idea? He says, how do you fight an idea? Well, the young commander said, he responded, he says, well, you, you, you want to know how to fight an idea? He said, with another idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, that's what that's not what's happening in, in the uh, in the culture today. No, you're not. You're not arguing against the Kanye West on the merits or demerits of his ideology. Mm hmm. You're just choosing to cut the man down. Yeah, absolutely. You got these ad hominems, you know, back and forth. You know, you just de- demean the, the the man as a man, which mm-hmm. takes us back to Genesis 127. This is a man God created in his image. Regardless of how you feel about his beliefs. Mm-hmm. But see, what you want to do, you want to, to your point that you just said, you, you, you want to argue an idea with another idea. Right. But that's not what's happening. We're cutting, we're cutting, you got 46 million people out there cutting the man down. For expressing his ideas, for concurring with the president's um, uh, platform, uh, and they think that that's deserving of this man to be disparaged as a human being. Mm-hmm. You got people, people, black people out there saying, "Oh no, you got you know now nah, he's he, you know, we got to, we got to cut him loose. He's not one of us anymore." As if there was an us again. <laughs> black black community is a myth. It's a myth. There is no us. There's individuals. There's individuals whom God has created in His image. Who, as we just read in Acts 17, 26, who providentially created you with the ethnicity you possess? You had nothing to do with your ethnicity. Mm-mm. What does Paul say, right? He says, what do you have that you did not receive? Nothing. Right. Nothing. I have absolutely nothing that I didn't receive. So we, 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 we sort of want to want to put one row, one pillar with respect to Talking about this Kanye West, uh, I won't call it an issue, but this Kanye West topic with regard to the Imago Day, we all have that. So even if you disagree with him, you are beholden to treat him as an equal image bearer with God. Now, mm-hmm. having dealt with that from the standpoint of sort of generalities in the world, let's look at it uh, from the standpoint of the church. How are we as a body? To respond not only to a Kanye West, but to one of our own, who disagree, with whom we may disagree with politically or otherwise. So, in this case, I sort of want to go from Genesis one twenty seven, take a hard right to First uh, Corinthians twelve, First Corinthians chapter twelve. And you know what, Omaha? You know, since you, since you since you're since you want an equal time. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Read from your leg standard version. <laughs> Look at you with the grace. Look at you with the grace. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. If you'll read for me, please. First Corinthians 12, right. verses 18. And then I want you verse 18. And then I want you to read verses 24 through 27. Wow. From ladies and gentlemen, Virgil Walker from the elect, elect standard, standard version. version. Wow. I even got an intro. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18 says this, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. As he chose. That's important. And then what was the other, what was the other verse? Verses 24 through 27. 24 through 27. It says, Which our, our more presentable parts do not require. Uh, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, uh, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Um, Now the body of Christ is individually, now you rather, are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Verse 28. Is that was that it? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good right there. Good, good, good. What I want to do, I want to parallel verse verses eighteen and twenty-eight. That's really where I want to emphasize. I want to kind of put a laser on those two verses. All right, verse eighteen. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, Mm -hmm. in the body, just as He, that is God, desired. Each one. There's the individualism again. Mm-hmm. We are body, right? But what does he say? What does Paul say in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 12? He says, yeah, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Yeah. He is, in a way, sort of recapitulating what he said in verse 18 already. God has placed the members, each one, of them. Mm. And then in verse 27, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Now, man, I, I love that, man. I, go ahead, Omar. I, 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 I love that, man, because it, it this this is this what you did here is is a throwback to what we just looked at in Bingo. Genesis one twenty seven. Because 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 we, we, we did we did two things. One, we said, yes, there is sameness in value, in dignity and worth. But there's also uniqueness Bingo. in the individuality yep. of each of us as image bearers. And and this and this this verse of scripture does the exact same thing. Yep. It says, yes, there is unity, and the value of that unity is that all of us are equal in Christ. Mm-hmm. However, it's expressed mm-hmm. individually. Bingo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Even, <laughs> even within the body. Yeah, we're a body. Mm-hmm. But we're individual members of it. Yeah. We're individuals. You don't lose who you are individually as God created you to bear mm-hmm. his image mm-hmm. by virtue of being a part of the larger body. Yeah. You don't lose that. So if you read earlier on in the chapter, so let me start at verse 14. Sure. 
I mean, this is just beautiful how this, like you just said, Omaha, how it ties beautifully back to Genesis 127, mm-hmm. verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 12. We're back in the non-Armenian standard version. Go for it, go for it, go for it. For the body is not one member, but many. Mm-hmm. Not one member, but many. Now he And he's not saying numerically many. Right. He's saying character, characteristic, characteristically many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can get that word out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's saying characteristically many, mm-hmm. not numerically many. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. Is it not for this reason any less, any the less a part of the body? And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed, this is what we have to understand. This is the sovereignty of God in building his church. Matter of fact, when you talk about God building his church, it boils down to those three words in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 12. God has placed. That's monogism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's salvation. God mm-hmm. has placed. Absolutely. God has placed. That's three Three words, three simple but profound words that you need to remember. God has placed the members. Okay, members is believers. Okay, it's not anyone who strolls through the doors of a church. Mm-hmm. It's not someone who joins a church. Okay, believer is someone that we're talking about going back to John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. I'm going to read that real quick. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 15. I'm sorry, 12 and 13. John chapter 1, 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Yes. Okay, so those are the members that Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18 again. But now God has placed the members. We just defined that by going back to John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. He's Mm -hmm. placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. And we talked about this in the previous episode, excuse me, Omaha, when we answered the question, whose church is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. The, the latter part of verse 18. So God places members in his body as he desired because it's his church. Right. And he can do that. It's not your church. Mm-mm. It's not my church. Who am I to complain as a foot that I'm not an ear? Or who's going who's to complain that the ear is an ear? Mm-hmm. In Kanye's uh, case, who's to complain that that ear is an ear? No, you need to be a foot like me. Right, right. That's good. That's good. You need to be a foot like me. If you really want to be part of the body, you need to be a foot like me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why why can't uh why why can't you be a hand like everybody else? Mm-hmm. Why can't you shut your mouth and be a hand? 
because hands don't talk mm-hmm. audibly. Yeah. So, so you see where I'm going with this, Omaha? Absolutely. Yeah. But, but see, what we what we must accept as believers, not only as it relates to the church, this is what we're reading now, First Corinthians twelve, but even those outside the church, mm-hmm. they're still image bearers of God. Right. And we need to respect them as such. Listen, if you don't want to do it, if you don't want to respect the person in the context of them being an image bearer of God, if you don't want to expect uh, respect that fellow believer because God has wired them differently than you, then you're still covered by Jesus's command in John 13, 34 and 35. Mm-hmm. It says you must love one another. Yeah, that's good. So you, you're covered either way. You have no out. Mm-hmm. You have no out. Okay. So again, hopefully uh, what I'm hoping our, our listeners understand here is what we're trying to do. And I, I think we've done a, a pretty good job of this Omaha. I'm not stating what side of the whole Kanye uh, topic I'm coming down on. Right. Right. It's irrelevant. Really? It's, it's totally irrelevant. Right. It's totally irrelevant. The question is, what does the word of God say? And that is always the question, regardless of the issue, regardless of the issue it is what does the word of God say? And we have we have established clearly that every person who ever existed will exist or currently exists is creating an image of God, and they they have value and worth on that basis alone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. regardless of anything else. It's totally irrelevant within the body of believers. We just nailed it here in First Corinthians twelve. Mm-hmm. God has placed. God has placed, okay? God has placed, yes, you are in Christ's bodies, but you are individually members of it. Amen. So appreciate how God has wired that person who is different from you. Appreciate their difference as an expression of God's image Mm. that God has sovereignly, providentially ordained that person to be has nothing to do with ancillary issues and everything else is ancillary. It's mm-hmm. totally ancillary to the fact that, th- that we bear God's image and that those who are in his body are in his body by virtue of his divine sovereign will by placing you. You didn't, you didn't join it. God placed you in it. Amen. God placed you in it. First Corinthians one thirty says, it is for, it is by his doing that you are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By his doing. So if you want to pop your collar and take a little credit, now you need to moonwalk that back. <laughs> you had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So before you want to demean and ostracize yourself and distance yourself from that other person, oh no, mm-hmm. just remind yourself. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Come on, man. Come God on. God placed you in his body by his Mm -hmm. mercy and grace so that you do not have to fear coming under his wrath and spending an eternity in hell. Mm -hmm. God did that. Mm. You had nothing to do with it. Okay. Anything you want to add Omaha? No, brother, that sums it up. I mean, in total, at at the end of the day, we've got to recognize, I think to, to the point that you've been, been making that, you know, the, the idea of tribalism or, or really, really what it's about is control. Really? You know, That's it's, it. it's really, it's really about, I need to control this person. I need to keep them from saying what they're saying because we, we, the, we, the, the collective, we, 
right? The, the, the myth that you alluded to uh, has determined that this is how we must function and operate. And, and I think Kanye is, is saying, no, there are others like, like, like Candace who are saying, no, uh, this is what, this is where I stand. I mean, we, we, you, you and I've been, you know, I've been saying that, you know, long before this, this, this new kind of wave of, of interest, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a political ideological uh, arena and and most of mine i mean i, I even i even hate to use the, the term republican or democrat because for me you know it, it what really matters and and what it really boils down to is where do, where do they stand uh, from a standpoint of a biblical worldview, you know, and do they see that with with crystal clarity? And mm-hmm. and and where and where and where Trump or anyone does, I I agree wholeheartedly. I stand alongside. And where where he or others don't, I, my 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 job is to is to re, you know is to repeat that which which thus saith the Lord Lord says. I'm and you you you've alluded to this in your writings. I've I've done the same. I'm I'm not a theonomist. Uh, you know, I, I recognize that, that, that there's a difference between the theocracy of God for 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 Old Testament Israel uh, and, and, and where we are today. Uh, and so I don't hold leaders to that level or standard. I'm not I don't I'm not I'm not uh, electing a pastor uh, in the office of the president. And so there's a different standard. Do, I, while I do expect there, there to be proper moral conduct and those kinds of things, uh, I, you know, I, I, there's a, I believe I do believe there's a different standard. But there's there's also, uh, a, I think, a biblical worldview by which we must view all things. And to the point you made tonight with regard to those we disagree with. We have a responsibility to treat them as the Imago Dei image bearers of God in two ways. One, understanding their value, their dignity and worth, and also understanding their individuality and that just because they may disagree with me, I'm under no obligation or responsibility to demean them, to diminish them, to simply apply ad hominem attacks aimed at them, aimed at diminishing their value uh, in an effort to elevate my own ideas. I think that's that's foolishness. So. Well said, Omaha. Well said. And, uh, you know, as we wrap up, I just want to encourage folks again, seriously, go out. If you've not read Uncle Tom's Cabin. That's a that's a good suggestion. It really is. Yeah. Go out and read. It was originally published in 1852. So 166 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original title was Uncle Tom's Cabin or Life Among the Lowly. Mm. Life Among the Lowly. That was the original title. But yeah, go out and get it. Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom Cabin. Read the book from cover to cover and see if you don't see the gospel. Absolutely. Uh, preach through every page of that book. So uh, Omaha, you want to wrap us up, man? You want to go us out? Absolutely, man. As always, man, it's always a, a, a privilege. Uh, my pleasure to connect with you. And, and as we do always, we want to thank our listeners, man. Those who, who ride Amen. with us, who roll with us, who listen to us and follow us, give us feedback on Twitter, on Insta, on, on, uh, on, on Facebook. And we're, we're listening, we're watching, we're, we're, we're encouraged, uh, that, that, uh, that you're enjoying the show, that you're edified, uh, by all that, that we're doing in this space. Please continue to pray for us both. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, we, we, we genuinely appreciate it. This is, this is more like a family. I don't even refer to those who yep. follow us fa- as fans. It's kind of a family. You get to kind of know some of these folks who regularly tune in and, and, and we appreciate you all. And, and, uh, definitely check in with us next time for the next episode of the just thinking broadcast god bless